Welcome to Rome, Alaska. It's David and Rochelle back for episode three. Our download numbers are uh, growing, so we'd like to thank everybody for listening. So in our uh, last podcast, you know, we were talking about our trapping. We had had that cold snap, and then it kind of warmed up, and then it got cold again. So those trails where we had set those sets, even some of them where we had, we had caught and reset and caught again, uh, those trails just kind of dried up, and there were no tracks. I had kind of speculated that it may be because of the erratic weather, but we had given it a couple of weeks, and, and still there was nothing. It was pretty dry. It was. So we decided to do a little more scouting and try and figure out where they had all gone. Mm-hmm. We did find another area, and what we found was that it looks like they had gone back into the, the trees. And While our area that we had been trapping in was treed area, it wasn't as dense. and so There's some pictures on the Instagram feed that we have, the roaming underscore Alaska, and it has really good pictures of what it looks like, like our initial, where our initial snares were set. And it is wooded, but it's not really dense trees. So we scouted out a little bit and we kind of found an area where it's much more wooded. And you could see when you walk into the trees a little bit, there's so much activity in those trees. And so you kind of thought that maybe the foxes had kind of chased them into the trees a little bit so they're not as easily catchable. (laughs) Not out in the open as much, yes. Yeah. So we went and we cut a trail, and we actually have video footage that hopefully within the next few weeks we'll be able to post of us cutting a new trail. But we set some more snares out. Hopefully we haven't had any yet, but we'll give it a little more time. Some of the enjoyment of us trapping is being out there together. But yep, absolutely. this week, you know, I was off, you were working mm-hmm. and we had the new loop. Uh, we're running up against the end of season here soon and so Well the end of season for fox, correct. not for hare. Right. But we wanted to get some more sets out. Man, I'm really crossing our fingers for, for something. It would be really awesome to catch that fox that we're trying so hard. And we saw signs of him today where yes. he went into a, a cubby and was able to get the bait. Was he able to get, I didn't ask, was he able to get into the cubby itself or just the bait on the outside of it? You know, he was all the way around and he pulled the bait out. And so I'm not sure. I've been working pretty hard to keep the snow from freezing up underneath the pans and... I'm not sure. Did he go into the cubby? It looked like he just reached in. And I think what happens, I just had the bait too close. And so when I rebaited, I put it at the very back. He's going to be forced to go back in. So if our listeners are interested in seeing what that cubby looks like, we could definitely take some pictures or maybe even some video of what it looks like. Because there's a little bit of preparation, I think, in setting those leg holds in the trees there. It's not just a kind of toss it out there and hope for the best but there's you kind of build around a tree and we've been putting some bait out so and it's funny because i just the other day rebaited that one and i actually have video of me rebaiting that and oh good it's yeah well hopefully again we'll have that out soon that'll be awesome i think that'll be really cool to see that be up on the website yes that footage and i wasn't able to go out at all except for thursday or friday and then again Today I wasn't able to go out all week, and it was it was tough. But at the end of I have another job, so being at work and then getting off work, and there's lots of stuff to do. 
but hopefully within this next week while you're gone, I'll be going out there and checking them with one of my kiddos. So I believe I'd have to recount, but I think we've got 13 sets on that new loop, approximately. 12 okay. or 13, I believe. There's 12. So. But then we could also cut another new trail off of that one, and that was that was what we did on Friday, I think. Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. That was fun, because it looked completely untouched, like, driving out there. It was kind of fun going out there, and I always was concerned about getting stuck with that snow machine, but for whatever reason, it I was able to kind of go behind you as you were walking in front and didn't get stuck at all. And the snow was deep. There's a lot of snow this year. It seems like there's more snow this year than there has been in recent um, winters. So that's actually really nice. There were a couple of times I felt like I stepped into a hole. I was up to my chest. Jeez, just so much. But that's actually a good sign because they say when there's a lot of snow, you get a lot of blueberries. So yes. maybe that Should will a... uh, make for a good harvest this year. Yeah, because last year, not to uh, go off on a tangent here, but last year the uh, blueberries was pretty really, good. Yeah, it was really struggling though in some of the places. Yeah. We, once we once we got to that other place that we won't divulge, but. And that's the thing here in Alaska, you never ask somebody where their blueberry patch is. Like you just don't. And like I remember, even just last summer, as, as a joke, I asked you know some coworkers where their blueberry patch was, and you could tell it was funny because they were like, "Oh, they didn't really want to divulge that information," but I let them know, "I'm just kidding. You don't have to tell me." <laughs> but we found a really great spot last year. It's kind of a drive out, but it's a it's a beautiful drive. I mean, you, you can't help but appreciate the beauty of where you get to go when you go to harvest these things and. I just appreciate it so much. It's so beautiful just being out in the woods. And that actually leads me to what we did this past week was as we were kind of making these new trails and we're coming across a lot of this plant and it's called Labrador tea and it's so fragrant. It smells so good. And the only way that I could describe it is that it smells like blueberries, but not blueberries. So I thought that was really interesting that even in the winter that plant underneath all of the snow once we pulled it out how fragrant it was so do you want to talk about our experiment with that (laughs) well and there's just to add to that there's a lot of people that pick that generally in the summertime but a lot of people find that it actually makes better tea in the winter time really well we talked about it a little bit that the at first i thought the stem was more much more fragrant than the leaves, but then when we brought it inside and let it thaw a little bit, mm-hmm. it was the leaves that seemed to hold right. more aroma to it. Right, and I did try and uh, boiled some up. Of course, I also then uh, got uh, sidetracked with a few other projects and let it run dry. So then we ended up just kind of burning it, sm- smoking <laughs> the house up. So we burned it. We burned the tea. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> and yeah. it's it was a little bit disappointing because I was really like hoping that it would create this really nice aroma, but it didn't. Even oh, I mean, obviously smoke did, <laughs> but, but the the plant itself didn't put off a whole lot of fragrance as we were boiling it in water. And I'm wondering if I had maybe dried the leaves a little bit, uh-huh. uh, either put them in the dehydrator or just left them out, and let them dry, and then maybe smashed them up. Well, we got that more in pestle. Uh huh. Maybe, uh... You think that would have helped? Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Because I'm going to give it a shot and see. Yeah, that'll be fun. So, 
We also spotted signs of a lynx out there. Yes, we did. That was actually super encouraging because there hadn't been movement. You could tell there hadn't been a lot of movement in that area as far as like tracks and everything. We didn't see. I mean, we see this moose that had just kind of trampled his way through the uh, our, our trails. I think it's that mama and calf that's been hanging around the neighborhood. But yeah, spotting those lynx, that was... We're always, when we get on the snow machine, we're always... Once we get out onto the trail, I used to like look at the trees and the sky and it was how bright it is and how beautiful it is. But now I've just this past year, I've really shifted my focus to watching for tracks. And you were driving the snow machine and I drove past it and that print was so distinct that I, that's when I stopped you and I, you know, we went in reverse and we took a look, took a closer look and it was in fact not your typical bunny rabbit tracks, but they were very distinct in their shape. So it was kind of cool to see that. Right. Very obvious. And it it was all over the place. Yeah. He had walked, you could see like his trail was just, and I think it was also really fresh. Like he had just gone through there that morning because it had snowed the night before. I think you could just see where he had walked all the way through where we were, going. I thought that was really interesting. He's trying to get that rabbit that we're trying to <laughs> snare. Well, hopefully we get it before he does. All right. So, you know, kind of switching gears, what we've got coming up next. Um, again, we're going to keep on the trapping and keep plugging away at that every chance we get until snow melts too much right. for us to get out there. Fox does end at the end of the month here. Uh, February 29th is the last day. That's next Saturday. Yep. Links. We have until next month so we've got some time to get out there and maybe get a a couple of sets out for the lynx Mm -hmm. i'm not sure again that's the first sighting we've had that that means that they haven't been out there but you know we've been out there quite a bit and that's the first sign that we've seen right so it's possible a cat was just passing through i hope not i mean there seemed like there was a lot of it where he had just kind of mm -hmm. gone zigzagged Mm -hmm. his way through that whole right area yeah i'd like to definitely get uh get a set or two out see if we can capitalize on that too before we move on to the next subject um the one morning we were i think it was when we were on our way just on our way to work and we were pulling out of our driveway and there was something right there in our driveway and i was like what on earth is that it obviously didn't belong there and so you had gotten out of the car and went and it was our bait was right in the middle of the driveway and there was prints all around it and it Whatever it was, tore up that bait. And I was like, that fox, that stinker was going through our bait and right outside our front door went and got that bait. And not the really stinky bait that we had put out (laughs) where the snares are, but the leg holds, but right in our front yard. But then a couple of days later, I was going to work and I realized there was a couple of neighborhood dogs that were out and about. And our dog was trying to make friends with them. And, but I think that's what it was. Those neighborhood dogs had gotten into our bait. But I was like, okay, at least it wasn't the fox that <laughs> like well, snuck in. Well, we've seen the fox in the yard. So yeah. it's, it wasn't yeah. unreasonable to think that that right. was what it could have been. And it, sh- it could have been. But man, that was sneaky <laughs> if that was him. Jeez. Son of a biscuit. Well, we've still got, I don't know, it seems like four feet of snow out there. I keep yes. shoveling and shoveling and it keeps snowing and snowing. So it's hard to think about springtime. It's been 30, 40 below. It's finally warmed up. It, you know, the last few days it's been in the 20s. 
Well, and the temperature is supposed to drop again this week in the evening, and at night it's supposed to get down to, I saw 29 below was the lowest that I saw. It's 16 below outside right now already. Oh my gosh. It's coming back. So again, thinking about springtime, it's kind of hard, but we know that it comes up fast. Yeah. And so it's only a matter of time. And yeah. so we've been planning out our, our spring garden. Mm-hmm. We've got our herbs listed out. We've got vegetables. And the thing here, specifically in interior Alaska, you have to, if you're going to be starting from seeds, even though it's what, like 16 below out now, right right now, if we want our seeds to germinate and we want, you know, some harvest, we have to plant those now. So that's kind of what we're planning on now is finding out which ones are going to take the longest and which ones we have to like think about planting um, in the next week or so. So that's actually super exciting though, because it's like, oh... The end of winter is in sight, and it's not going to last forever. And so it's exciting to move to move on to a new season. And I keep thinking, you know, e- each day that we go out and check the trap line, sometimes it can be like a chore. I'm not going to lie. It can be a chore. But I know, like, especially like recording the video that we have come summertime, I'm going to watch that. And I'm going to be like, oh, I can't wait to get back out there on the snow machine and just dive into that. So... I do have an appreciation for it, for sure, but come the end of season, it's just, you really look forward to the changing seasons and the things, the activities that you can do with the changing seasons, and one of those is gardening and getting started on that, so that'll be fun. And so we had some opportunity this week to get some seeds. Yep, so. I had a wonderful coworker who is an incredible gardener, both vegetables and flowers, and she was kind enough to share her bounty with us, and these are seeds that she's collected from her own garden this isn't you know stuff that you know you pick up at fred meyers which there's nothing wrong with that because we're going to be doing that but she was generous enough to share what she has collected and i think that's really awesome that we can do that and hopefully we'll see some produce from that thank you kathy thank you uh, miss kathy we'll make sure that uh, we reciprocate yep absolutely absolutely Yes, so we're going to be planting here here this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to set the table up and get things planted. Mm-hmm. We picked up some soil this weekend so that we can get that taken care of. And some of the things that we want to do, like we've talked about what we want to do with the produce, but a lot of our conversation has kind of centered around the medicinal purposes. And I don't necessarily believe it's going to cure diseases, but I think that there is value in using you know, what nature is provided as just medicinally, that there are advantages to it. I've never done anything like this before, but I'm for sure excited about it and just to see, you know, what we can come up with. We've kind of got some books and some literature on plants specific to interior Alaska because our foliage is different than what's in the lower 48 or elsewhere. And our planting season is for sure different so much shorter outside but that's not going to stop us from you know harvesting what we can and using it and we definitely want to share with you guys our listeners what we're doing with it what works what doesn't work exactly our unscientific reviews right (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's scientific but (laughs) we'll see yes you're i know you're looking forward to making some tinctures yes elixirs and potions (laughs) just kidding i say i'm just kidding but i'm not (laughs) yeah tinctures and you know we 
talked a little bit about essential oils and extracting oils from the plants and the flowers and even like the trees, the bark, all of those things. But you need a distillery (laughs) for that. And you need a lot of whatever it is that you're going to be making your essential oils. And I don't know if that's something that we're going to do this year, just because we have so many plans to do other things. And I don't want to like completely disregard and say we're not going to try it because I just think it it would be fun to try but I don't know if that's something we're going to be doing anywhere in the near future but for sure the tinctures and the what do they call the um, infusion like the infusion teas Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing I think is really exciting I'm so looking forward to spring and what we can collect including mushrooms and that sort of thing so it'll be fun but we just have to round out this, finish up this season of trapping. And again, next Saturday is the close of the fox season. And do we want to talk about the encounter that I had with somebody? It is interesting. I started trapping when I was eight. And although I did have a long period of time where I lived outside that I didn't trap, the state of Oregon has such laws and rules about their trapping that it just didn't make it very appealing. Mm-hmm. And so I took a long period of time off while living outside. So I'm just getting back into trapping after you know, a long hiatus. But in all of my years of trapping, I've never encountered an anti-trapper. Mm-hmm. And so this was definitely an experience. And so if you want to share a little bit. Um, yeah, this is only my second season ever trapping. And of course, I come across. I don't know if he was necessarily anti-trapping. No, he was. <laughs> he was. He was anti-trapping. And I, I actually came across him and two of his colleagues, I guess, on the trail as I was checking them. And this was, you know, this was a few weeks ago. He made it very clear to me that there was no trapping whatsoever that was allowed on the land that we were on because it was conservation. And so I was like, I, I kind of hesitated to like argue with him because you had done all the research on that. I wasn't super confident in discussing a whole lot with him, but he gave me his card. And you know what? I actually think this is really important to talk about because, you know, you want to get both sides to every story. And I don't fault him because he truly believed that it was, you know, no trapping. But I had actually called you while I was talking to him and he gave me his card and he told me that, you know, I had until, you know, the following weekend to pull all of our traps and all of our snares. And I was really hesitant to agree to do that. Oh, no, 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 I did. I said, okay, well, if what you're saying is true, then, you know, for sure, you know, we want to respect those laws, obviously. But then I called you and you were like, "Mm, no, we've actually talked to wildlife troopers that the, the land that we are on is conservation, but it is to protect the land from being developed into like a commercial area where there's businesses and industrial houses. and houses, residential, it, but it doesn't restrict people from recreational use of that land, which includes trapping. So um, once we had discussed that with the troopers again, and we verified that it was completely legal what we were doing, we never reached out to him. But it, apparently he had reached out to Fishing Game and the Alaska Trappers Association. So we came across a sign this just the other day that... The Trappers Association had posted that we need to respect the public use of that land and keep our traps and snares off of the trail, which is what we've done. We never put them right off of the trail because, you know, we understand that other people are using that land and we don't want to interfere with their enjoyment of that. 
using that land. So we always put a pretty, I would say, a pretty good distance from the trail. But then on that sign, it also said there's also leash laws that pet owners need to be respectful of that and to keep their animals on a leash. I think that's, it was good that they had posted that sign because it was kind of a, it was for both of us, our party and his party, that yes, it's okay to trap here, but we also need to be respectful of others who are using that. And so, in which we are, we definitely don't want to prevent others from, you know, enjoying the, that land. And, and just so everybody knows, that area is over 500 acres. I believe it's like 550 acres. And there's a, a walking loop around that area. Your trap line is actually on a trail that we broke that comes off of the main trail. And so we've seen nobody, with the exception of this this one person that traveled down at once, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has been using that trail. Mm-mm. And again, we've we always set our stuff well off of the trail. It wouldn't do us any good to put it in a place where we might catch a, a pet right. or something else. That's where we we catch something, but it catches the attention of a dog. That's it's not them in that, arms yeah. Right. That's not advantageous for anybody. And so we wouldn't do that. We follow the ethical trapping rules. We just try and get along with everybody. Right. It was a little bit frustrating though when those first few days after I had that encounter that it was pretty obvious that our snares and our footholds were tampered with, um, that they were closed up and they were pulled up and set up on trees. And it was pretty frustrating, but it appears that this particular person had done his research and he came come to find out that we weren't doing what we weren't supposed to do, but that we were living within the long arm of the law. <laughs> but yeah, that sign was definitely helpful for both of us. So there are, there are challenges. When trapping, I definitely learned that this season. It was a good lesson, and you know, I don't, I don't fault the guy because, you know, he he's learned. We've <laughs> we've discovered that just because of that sign, he's learned that no, we are we're doing what's right and it's legal. And again, we put it far enough off of the trail that a dog isn't going to come across that snare. It was definitely again another one of uh, those stories that uh, you came away with. Yeah. And I don't know why this stuff happens when you're not there with me. And it's, you know, I get nervous when there's, you know, any kind of, I don't want to say pushback, but like confrontation. I wasn't really prepared for that, but it was a good lesson for sure. I learned. Anyhow, this is probably, I mean, how long is the season last for rabbit? Technically, there's no season. I generally prefer to trap in the wintertime. So uh-huh. once they start to change color, generally stop trapping. I'm going to guess we have until probably the end of March. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll have to see how, how things go this this spring, yeah. how, how quickly things break up. I would say that once once we can't get the snow machine out on the trail, right. it's probably time to, to call it. Yeah. And so that could be, uh, you know, it's possible with the temperatures plummeting again and, and this deep snowfall. It could be late April, potentially, April. but yeah. I won't hold my breath. I'm not going to lie. That seems like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll enjoy it for as long as we can. I do have plans for the fur that we have, that we've got this year. If you'd like, we can post pictures of what, what we're going to be doing with that because, you know, I want to be super creative when it comes to that. And I think last time we talked, we were in the process of tanning. Mm-hmm. And so we've actually, the process is, we've, we've pulled it out of the, the tanning solution. We allowed them to sit out a little bit. Uh, we oiled them, 
and we just didn't work them. And so I'm going to take them this week with me. I'm going to go ahead and uh, re-wet them, oil them, and work them. So hopefully here within the week or so, we'll see how much time I have this week to work on those. But hopefully by the time I'm home, we'll have a handful of, of hides. Hides ready to do things. And we have, I believe that there are three in the bucket that are uh, need to be pulled out. Mm-hmm. We can get on those. And so hopefully we'll have, I forget what the count is, like nine? Eleven? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. So. Cool. That'd be nice. My end goal is to have a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take like 30 or 40, I think. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the blog posts between the podcasts. And we are going to be uploading, hopefully, some video footage of the trap line. I know David got some a decent amount of footage that he's going to be taking a look at and putting together. So hopefully, in the next week or so, there'll be some of that, some video. And then pictures, of course. And then on Instagram, I think it's roaming underscore Alaska. That just has some pictures, not a whole lot, but just pictures of our adventures throughout the week. And then our website roamingalaska.com be on the lookout and we'll put all those links in the description for this podcast so that uh, you don't have to try and remember or jot those down yep thanks again so much for listening and we will be back with you in about two weeks maybe sooner